The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Right now that time, 818, you're listening to WGNS again on this Wednesday morning. Today is the 15th of March. And this morning in studio, we have Rutherford County School Resource Officers, and we'll be talking about different things going on within the schools and some upcoming events. And uh, some of those upcoming events include, I guess, some drills that are nearing, and then also a fun fair. Proms are in April, then High school graduation just around the corner in May, so all of that is coming up. We have SRO Scott Culp and SRO Sergeant Dustin Cox both in studio with us this morning. So uh, I guess, what do you want to start off with? What, what's what's happening first, the fun fair? Well, actually, we have drills first. Um, we have uh, the schools are planning for the drills this week, and then next week is actual drill week where the schools will have their lockdown simulation drills so what all takes place during the drills and i'm curious how have drills changed over the years um so that's an interesting question in the fact of how they've changed um first of all how they happen is we literally just um the sro coordinates with the administration at the school um and central office and and we will do a just a simulated drill usually the students it it involves them locking down in their classroom for a few minutes and then um, transitioning out to um, either an evacuation um, or a back to a um, all clear it's just a test to make sure that people lock down the doors get locked and the out outer doors get locked and people know what to do and for the past couple of years i know we we've had a new position within the county of schools it's a a safety director how are they involved with all these drills that take place and how involved are they with day-to-day activities of the sros um they're pretty involved i mean they're they've got a lot a lot of schools we've got 51 now i believe with the virtual school um so there's a lot of with cameras and door locks and and facilities and problems within and outside of i mean there's a lot of logistics they deal with that we don't have to deal with um so as far as the drills they coordinate when the dates are of the drills there's a lot of things to avoid with testing and schools are pretty busy now than what you know they used to be 20 30 years ago and and so there's a lot of a lot of juggling that has to go on in their world um, we now have an assistant um, safety director also and so you know they'll come out and see the drills make sure that they go well and and see if there's any problems that they can help with on their end fixing hey i would imagine the virtual schools are the easiest to do with. Yeah, they, <laughs> you're not going to their house yeah. hey what's going on yeah, here we joke about you know just log off <laughs> yeah and we'll get back on in five minutes after the drill but um yeah the, we do have a you know even though it's a virtual school there's still a uh, structure that the teachers and the, the students come into 
Uh, um, and so if something would happen, we still need to practice that. But yeah, we, we joke about that. That I want to be the virtual SRO. <laughs> I think sitting at home in my pajamas monitoring would be great. So within the schools, I, I know you said, you know, things are a lot different from, let's say, 20 years ago. And I, I remember when I was in high school, things have changed a lot. I, I mean, I remember when my kids were in high school. I mean, there's so many differences yeah, there's there's a lot of changes. A lot of a lot of kids are still the same. You know, there's still some of the same drama, still some of the same problems. It's spring, so um, you know we'll have more problems coming up in the next couple of weeks, months of boyfriends, girlfriends, and and you know typical spring things. The flowers are blooming, and, and you know it's that season. Um, but um, you know, technology's different. Um, the size of our county, the amount of schools, the amount of kids in our schools has changed. So those problems are, you know, expounded. So when you look at the different months and the different seasons, are there times where there's more drama than others, more school fights, more problems? Definitely spring is more drama. People, you know, everyone's coming back to life. The Everyone's getting out and they're busier. Um, we have, you know, there's some things that happen in the winter. It's that caged up. Everyone's tired and ready to get out and more depressed. And so everyone's got a little more energy now that the sun's out a little more and the, the weather's breaking. This week you wouldn't notice it, but, it, no, it, it does tend to to get a little busier in the spring of course prom is one thing that does happen that's in april so yes. I, i'm sure that adds to it a little yeah bit. we'll see a lot of well-dressed young adults cruising around town and the different restaurants and all over the place and so um yeah we have that coming up too where are proms usually held now because i you know at one point they were at the schools years ago where are they now yeah so kind of all over the place that we went through a phase where they were at embassy suites um everyone was there and then they've kind of broken away from that um covid changed a lot of things in a lot of locations it changed a lot with the drills too but um i know we have the ag center we have mtsu the student union building um M, uh, embassy suites still has some i think we have one school maybe even going out of county this year so we have i mean it's kind of spread everywhere one of those things that always happens during prom and this was true when i was in high school as well there, there's kids who show up drinking um that's something that i think we'll always have around but how do you deal with that and how, how do you how do you recognize it right off the bat and what do you do about it so we've already i believe most sros have i know i have at central we've already addressed with the students they have a prom show where the um a lot of the formal wear um, companies come in they will sponsor the prom, the prom show have the kids uh, model dresses and tuxedos and the kids that would be going to prom get to attend that and there's gifts and things given away it's a big deal but um, at the end of that I always talk to the students about consequences and and making sure it's the best night of their life and not one that everyone remembers for bad things you know we have to worry about accidents on that night we've got a lot of kids out driving late at night early in the morning if they've had after prom um so we we talk about it ahead of time um we do have a program through the sros that's called team it's teen education alcohol management and it's sros that um, we will go around to the um, convenience stores beforehand and give out letters letting the convenience stores know that prom is about to happen in the schedule um, reminding them of underage drinking and to check ids and um, then that night we'll actually 
peruse the parking lot um, in unmarked vehicles. Um, the kids know we're there, and the school knows we're there, and we'll just go through and, and look in cars. And if there's something in there that shouldn't, we'll go get the principal and the key holder. And, and you know, it's a school function, so they can't have that stuff and you know we've ruined some kids prom nights over the years uh, fake ids are, are so much easier for kids to obtain these days and order them online for example but the unique thing about fake ids today that little barcode on the back it can actually be scanned and it would pop up for a you know a cashier at a gas station to show well this person's 21 it's getting harder and harder though to tell those apart from real ones it is it is and you know if they show an id and it's fake you know the the it's hard for the convenience store to to be held accountable for that but at the same time you know it comes back to the kids and that's why we're checking both ends we're you know the goal is to just have an enough visibility to where they don't want to even try that we just you know why take that risk don't ruin the, don't ruin the night for you and and someone else and we certainly don't want people getting hurt now if a student does show up intoxicated at a prom event that's off campus what what's the repercussion because it's still considered a school event, so is it addressed as if they were in the classroom? Yeah, uh, um, schools have the, you know, the administration can always punish for that. Um, I know some schools in the past have even held off graduation. They have kept them from walking at graduation. Um, and law enforcement-wise, you know, obviously there's underage consumption and, and um possession so there's that consequence whether that's a citation later in court or an arrest that night it depends on what the situation is do you sometimes say all right here's what we're going to do with this situation we're going to call your parents and uh you know after we talk to them we'll decide whether or not if charges are going to be filed how do you handle that because charges being filed against a 16 17 year old could equal a lot of problems in the future yeah and it could um, a lot of that depends on the circumstances leading up to that, um, the circumstances during. It's kind of like the the traffic stop, you know. You ran a stop sign by accident and you get pulled over. A lot of that ticket determines, you know, how your attitude is when the officer walks up there. Um, it's kind of the same thing that night. Um, if there's a lot of attitude and a lot of denial and a lot of argument and, you know, it's probably not going to go as well as if there's a lot of apologies and the parents are understanding and going to take care of it on their end. Um, we've actually run into where parents just refuse to even come up there and, and meet with us and talk. So wow. it, it depends a lot. There's a lot of factors involved. Again, talking about the Rutherford County Schools, the SRO division of the sheriff's office. I, I'm curious in today's times it seems like i don't hear about it as much but in today's times how often do you run across a situation where a parent buys the alcohol for the student and other students and they say well we're going to have drinking at our house and my parents are buying the alcohol how often does that happen today um as far as factual and how much is actually reported um is different than what we actually would know about i'm I know that there's that that happens on occasion that we may not find out about or it doesn't rise to our level. Um, the ones we usually find out about are the ones that either the parents were not there or it got out of control in the sheriff's department or police department gets contacted and, and has to go out and respond because of a problem. And that's where usually we all end up finding out about it. Am I wrong in thinking it doesn't happen as much as it used to? Um, I don't, I don't know how much it happens. 
I don't think that there's probably a, a lot of change, but um, yeah, I, I mean, it may be one or two a year that we actually find out about. You'll get word of something, but then a lot of times if they find out that you've got word that doesn't actually happen. So sometimes the SROs and schools are even are a benefit on that ax, that aspect. I mean, it'd be nice to think that education has played a role in, in kind of curbing that type of behavior, but who knows? Yeah. I mean, they tried to stop it back in the day when we were in school, too, and it's still, you know, kids are going to do what kids want to do. The yeah. key is to try to just deter it. I, I guess one of the differences today, kids talk on social media, they post pictures, whereas when I was younger, that never happened. So I, that was probably never a worry. Yeah. Planning's a lot easier now, I guess, if you're a kid. And um, the problem there is they're planning events that kids that they don't even know could show up. Yeah. And I guess that was a problem back in our day, but it was through invitation by word of mouth. It wasn't in, you know, you were on the phone at home with the landline. And so mom and dad would always hear, but it was, uh, now it's, you know, they're, they're sharing stuff with people from other States even. How involved are parents today when it comes to a child that gets in trouble at school? Do, do the parents usually show up and, and try to address the situation or are you seeing where parents today are going against what you're saying and they're they're you know fighting authority and and saying my child didn't do this i think and i don't know if you want to comment yet dustin but the i think what i'm seeing and what i hear most from other sros and schools is parents are involved most parents are involved most parents are those role model parents that you would want parents to be if you call them they're they're embarrassed they're sorry they're apologetic they're going to take care of it on their end too that still happens most of the time um, I think our culture today questions authority a little more than it used to which I don't know if that's good or bad but there's some more questions um, I have seen over the years that there's more trust of the student than there is of the faculty or the the teacher so a lot of you know the kid may come home and tell mom a story or dad a story and the the first reaction of the parent is to call the school and yell or to want to come up and and yell at the teacher it's the teacher's fault when in reality they go back and look and find out later that the kid lied to them um i think that happens and i don't know if it's more or if it's just you know we have a lot more kids we have a lot more educated in our school in our you know the schools are bigger we have a lot more of it you can always tell those kids that when you tell them we're going to call your mom or dad or whatever you can see the fear in their face if it's going to be a situation where mom's going to come and get mad at the child as opposed to the school yeah and i'm sure even dustin runs into it at elementary because um when you do make that call it's funny because they know they will tell you which one they want you to call that i'd really <laughs> rather you call, you call mom or can you call dad because mom i don't yeah it depends on who they want to hear it first and, and, and then i guess you got to decide well dad didn't answer so we're yeah. calling mom yeah i'll just tell him Oh, if you want me to call mom, I'll just call dad. <laughs> yeah, I, I would almost go the opposite direction. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so when that happens and you and the parent does have to come out there, are you sitting down with that parent or is it the school administration that's talking to them? Um, a lot of times it really depends on the circumstance of why we're calling the parent. Um, if the SRO has to call the parent, we will be sitting in the room with the child and the parent. Um, with the admin, um, usually when we talk to a student, um, we like everybody to be involved so everybody can be on the same page um, so we can try to address the issue. 
um, so the issue doesn't reoccur over and over again. And and even though we're at the school, we you know we have our lanes that we stay in. We're we're law enforcement. We're not school officials. If it is a discipline issue with homework or attendance or something like that, we usually stay out of it unless there's a reason that we would need to come in. Um, but you know we we also have some insight on behavior and things that could cause that. And a lot of times we have some resources that we can reach out. You know, we still run the operation integrity, the, the boot camp. If the kids just will not listen to parents and they've got a huge chip on their shoulder, we have options that we can help with too. Um, there's a community outreach that's run through the courts now. That's really great. It's a good program. So we can hook them up with that too. So it depends on the level and and what actually is going on and, and how much of a relationship we have with the kid, you know, with us being in school, and clubs and different activities we're involved in if they're a kid that we've worked with in one of those we may have a good relationship with that kid and be able to influence them to do the right thing too as a role model again we're talking with rutherford county school resource officer scott culp and dustin cox this morning and uh, focusing on of course rutherford county and the local schools it, it seems like a lot of times you run across teenagers who have more of an attitude or a chip on their shoulder than others uh be it just out in the community you can tell those who are being boisterous or or arguing with other people for no reason or you know causing problems do you see that kind of behavior within the schools as well those kids who are you know the ones with the chip on their shoulder and they deliberately i don't know bully or bother other kids oh absolutely we we see it um uh, it's not as big as uh, the community thinks it happens all the time but we do see students sometimes um, just voice their concerns um, and, and yell and and you know we we try to advise these SROs sometimes pull them out of the situation where they're away from everybody else put them in your office let them voice their concerns and just be a just be a li- put listening ears on listen to them a lot of times as an SRO, we have to just listen to the kids and see what's going on. And if we can build that trust with that student, um, that's how you build that rapport and and know what's going on. Because there could be something going on at home that the SRO does not know about. Um, so if, if you're just sitting there listening, um, I, I say be a friend. Just listen to them without yelling back, um, without getting aggravated. Um Sometimes that child calms themselves down, and and when that happens, then then you can speak and tell them and try to dress and try to get them help to to better themselves. Of course, there's a lot of good kids out there, and there's some situations where you've got one kid who's being bullied, and another student will step in to to try to block that bullying from happening and and address it themselves. When you run across that type of behavior where you've got one good student who's stepping in to protect another student how in the world do you address that if that student who's bullying hits the good student who's trying to step in to protect the other child yeah that's one of those things where you work with the schools um you know there's always negative peer pressure and there's always positive peer pressure that you know the scales go both ways but um, when you can catch that kid doing the right thing even though they have become a victim the you know that has happened since the beginning you know i have stories that i know dustin i know you do of situations like that where you stepped in to help someone and then you became the victim um 
you know, just encourage them. That's it's it's a tough life. It's a tough lesson to learn in life, especially as a, a as a teenager and as a kid. But at the same time, you know, we need a lot of that in our society. We need more people doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do, not because, you know, we want something for it. But if we catch them, I know the schools have different. Each school has a different way of dealing with that some of them have awards that they'll give them some have gift cards that they can give a kid cop being good um, there's all kinds of um, citizen type programs that schools are doing to try to encourage good behavior and rewarding those that get caught doing the right thing i know we had a story on this morning about a, a school nurse who uh, achieved a certain level in her nursing career at oakland high school but in that same story the story talked about how some of the different big names that came from Oakland High School uh, went on to become NFL football players or start a multi-million dollar business. And that's true with all the schools. It just happened to be a story about Oakland High School. But some of those kids who you're interacting with today, they're going to be future leaders, future country singers, NFL players, multi-million dollar business owners. I mean, there's a lot out there and you're interacting with them at this age that I think is, is very impersonable. Yeah, we, I mean, that happens, at, like you said, it happens at every high school. Um, I know when I was the SRS from high school years ago, um, one of the students was, uh, now he's, he runs a big time company and he's worth a lot of money. Um, and, and I still reach out to him. He still reaches out to me. So, and he hires people that he graduated with that works for him. Um, and the good story about that is there's kids that, um, were bullies and or were victims that work for him that come back and say, man, when I was in high school, I apologize for this. And he still hired him because we all grow up and we all learn from our mistakes. And um, I talked to him a couple months ago and he said, he's one of my best workers. He works his butt off. He never calls out. He's there all the time. So um, yeah, I mean, it happens all the time. We see it all the time. It, it's gotta be hard at times though to, to, think in your mind well this person who is a, a problem student today who's causing problems for others he could turn into somebody totally different but but you got to have that mindset because but that's the hope yeah you know you encourage yeah. the parents that hang in there you know eventually it's going to click they're going to realize hopefully it's before they get out of school and they've screwed their life up um or if they get out of school hopefully it's before they get out of college or or they can get a good job and then they learn or they get married and then they learn you know they've got to learn sometime everyone's going to learn at one point or another and if if they're hard-headed and they just don't learn then they're going to be at the jail yeah. and they're going to learn there you know it's at some point it's going to click and you just got to get that kid that's not behaving now to that point where they realize that this is what they need to do. And they have to they have to do it on their own. Again, we're talking about the school resource officers, the program and the Rutherford County schools this morning. We've got to take a short break. But when we come back, I want to learn more or if you have stories about it, I'm curious uh, about some of those students who, who don't have that positive parental influence on them at home, maybe their parents are never around they're they're drug users who knows what but i'm curious about some of those students and how you've seen their life change over the years you know maybe since uh, the, the freshman year of high school going into their senior year and, and their personality changes and how they're destined to be a leader when they didn't come from that 
But we'll take a short break. Time right now, 841. You're listening to WGNS. Again, time 841 today, Wednesday, March the 15th. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas's Restaurant. With cold and flu season here, nothing helps my family more than having the Demas's baked chicken and rice soup. It was a soup that was created by my grandmother, and we not only sell it by the cup, but we also sell it by the quart, by the half gallon, and by the gallon. So stop by any time today and bring soup to your family that may be sick or a friend that's in sick, or just to enjoy it just because it tastes so good. Demas's Restaurant. Hey guys, this is Scott. You know, there's a lot of people talking about testosterone. You hear it everywhere, but do your homework and make sure when you go to a provider, go to one you can trust. Personally, I recommend Low T Center. It's where I get my levels checked. Low T Center exclusively specializes in men's wellness and they check all your levels, not just your testosterone. And they determine the cause of any symptoms you're having and whether you're a candidate for low T or something else like low thyroid or sleep apnea. Typically, their annual health assessment is completely covered by health insurance and they check everything, including PSA, which is your prostate levels. And they also check thyroid, liver, and kidney function, cholesterol, glucose levels, and more. Low T Center also has affordable and convenient at-home treatment options. Prioritize your health in the new year. Schedule your annual health assessment at Low T Center today at LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Tire World's annual at-cost tire sale is back. Now through Saturday, we will be selling all tire brands with no markup. In addition, there will also be manufacturer rebates on brands such as Michelin, Cooper, and General as well. With these rebates, you're now getting tires less than cost. This is the biggest sale we have, so if you know you need tires, this is the time to do it. Call Tire World today. You will not want to miss this one-week-only tire sale. At Tire World, we keep your family rolling. We're talking with Carol Johnston. My son lives here, and when I'd come to visit, I'd drive down Memorial and see Adams Place, and I thought it was such a beautiful setting. I was just very impressed with the friendliness of the staff. They put the residents first here, and I like that very much. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adams Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Right now that time, 8.45, you're listening to WGNS, Rutherford County School Resource Officers, Sergeant Dustin Cox and SRO Scott Culp in studio with us this morning. And again, talking about the Rutherford County Schools and the SRO Division of the Sheriff's Office and uh, what takes place 
each day for an SRO. And one of the things we've mentioned before the break, those students who, who you know come from a home background that's not really like home, where they have parents who are not there most of the time or selling drugs or parents who are you know, drunk half the time. What are those students like in the school atmosphere? Because I would imagine a lot of them, school's their only safe place. Yeah, some it depends on the student and in their mindset. Some come to school and just want to be at school all the time. They get away from the bad things, and and so you know it's sad to think to them that home is not a safe, comfortable place that they are just want to get back to like us. But you know, some of them school is that to them. Their teacher, their relationships with their friends, that you know that is their environment where they feel most comfortable. They're most relaxed. Um, others come to school and they are problems they're they're students that aren't focused in class they've got issues you know some some kids you you can't blame for having their problems when the last thing in the world that matters to them is that education that we are in their mind forcing them to get in their mind survival is the biggest challenge and just waking up and and waking up in the morning and having a safe environment to get ready to come to school how often do you run across a a student who you can tell, you know, they're beat up at home. You know, they're abused in some way in their own household. How how often do you run across those types of kids? Uh, it's hard to say because being at um, an, an elementary school, um, I don't come across those at my school. Um, however, it it really depends on the relationship that student has with the school. Um, there's a lot of uh, students that will communicate with their SROs and let them know, and their SROs are just there to guide them, help them, um, uh, counsel them on a daily basis, check up on them during the day. Um, um, I know one of my schools that I supervise, they have a student who uh, sits up all night long and, and can't sleep, and the SRO visits them two or three times a day, uh, catches them out in the hallway, uh, talks to them. Um, so now he's he's building that relationship with that child and or that teenager, and now that teenager approaches him every day and lets him know how their night was. Um, so it's it's kind of hard. It's, it's going to be based on a school to school um, of how many students, um, but it does come across. And uh, shout out to that SRO who, who does their job and, and therefore more than – putting a gun on their hips and putting a badge on. Um, So, I mean, it does happen. We're just there to help them and guide them. I I know a lot of times that SRO or that teacher in the classroom, they are the first line of defense for a lot of kids out there who are abused at home. And when you do run across those cases, is it more often than not a teacher who will come to you or is it the actual student who comes to you? More often than not, it's teachers. More often than not, you'd be a teacher to approach the SRO and uh, justify them something's not going on right with this child. Um, sleeping in class, um, just out of it, looking out in space and not paying attention. Um, so majority of the time, it is the it is the teacher that approaches us and uh, that's when the SRO or the guidance counselors, I mean, the guidance counselors do a lot in our schools. Uh, we usually call them in as well um, and sit down as a group and we talk to that child and then we come to a conclusion on what we can do next for that child. Um, the guidance counselors at school have a lot of resources as well that can help. Um, uh, sometimes, depending on the situation, the guidance counselors call home 
and and figure out what we can do at school to help your child and, and help them. So, you know, we, we, we work together as a team at each SRO and each school works together. And uh, we try to um, come to a conclusion of what we can do to make that child's life a little bit better. While we live in the uh, information age and everybody is so accessible, is it hard to get a hold of parents sometimes? Do they deliberately not answer um, I don't say they deliberately don't answer. I think there's a few out there that <laughs> depends on how many times they've been called by the school that <laughs> yeah. may avoid that number when they call, but yeah. typically that's not many. Yeah, a lot of times it's uh, the work. Um, some of their employments won't let them have their phones and answer their phones while they're working. Um, but if you leave a voicemail, um, majority of the parents will call you back within five, ten minutes and figure out what's going on. Um, but, of course, as soon as they call you back, what happened to my child? Is my child okay? That's what you get a lot of times. Um, because we don't want to release all the information out on voicemail. We kind of want to say that uh, directly to the parent. Uh, but, yeah, they, they call back uh, in a reasonable amount of time. There's some that see the school and be like, oh, man, this is the seventh time this week they've called me, and they'll decline it. You and also have some that see the school call and they missed it, and they'll just show up at the school. That's true. They just come on in because they figure there's something going on they need to be there for. Yeah. So, are, are, are parents the type – You know, these days you hear about school threats being made, bomb threats, shooting threats. When those types of things happen, and we've had it happen here, do parents sometimes show up at the school to pick their kid up instantly? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I will tell you, it makes a huge mess. And I I understand, you know, I've got five five of my own kids. But, yeah, we had one school – at the end of last year that had a it we we know quickly what's going on we can't necessarily put that to the public yet that we know what's going on we've got officers in the schools we've got officers that respond within minutes of an incident happening to help those officers um the school by the time a parent can get there the school whatever the problem was is resolved even if it's a social media threat or a picture that's been disseminated around that's been around for years and it popped back up. Yeah, I, what our biggest thing we've run into is the parent hotline on social media where one hears something from their child who's in a class texting that may not know what's going on other than they're locked in their classroom. They will text mom. Mom will put it on social media so that everyone knows what's going on, but doesn't, you know, it's that phone call game where by the time it gets back to that parent that shows up at the school they believe that there's blood everywhere it's horrible it's like on tv and it's not it's and so traffic shut down to the school which causes more panic um we've got extra officers being called just to help deal with traffic and and try to open the roads back up and it's just that's where the mess comes in it's not the incident that caused the problem it's the result of everyone's wanting to get there and try to get their child so when a school is on lockdown and a parent does show up are they able to even make it into the driveway of the school it depends on who how fast they get there um, sometimes they can beat the police officers or the the fire department there and they may get to the school but they're rarely at that point ever going to get into the school um, we've had some try other doors and it, it's going to be bad it, especially if there's a real bad situation in there um, police officers firemen everyone's going to be on high alert and you, you don't know who that parent is trying to open doors no, I guess, right. at the time. we know there's a threat and we know that person is acting like they are threatening at which point they're probably not going to be treated real friendly until we figure out who they are and why they're there um, also sometimes their attitude you know we have them just as equally panicked 
and screaming and yelling at officers because they want to get to their babies. And I understand, but their babies are fine. And it's it still creates a huge mess. And like I said, that's rare. But the big incidents we have had of threats, that's a lot of that is what happens because of social media. And social media has a, it, it, I mean, it's hurt in a lot of ways because of how fast things spread. Even stuff that's not true, like you're talking about, it spreads like wildfire. Yes. Yeah, take everything with a grain of salt. It, there may be some truth to it. It may be that the school's having something happen. But at the same time, it's probably not what you're hearing through Facebook or Instagram. Another big issue we hear a lot about these days in the news, we hear about it in missing person cases, and that is custody cases. Yeah, you know, a mom has full custody, a dad has full custody, whoever it may be, and the opposite parent is the one who comes and tries to pick up that child and they're charged with kidnapping. Is that a big problem within our local schools? I don't know if it's a big problem. It is something that I think every school has had to deal with at some point or another. Someone's got um, custody that day, and I would tell you it's tough to figure out. We'll have custody papers, but just because two years ago you had this child on Christmas on an even year, but then you missed last year, and now you're back, and, and it's mixed up on your schedule but not on the paper schedule, or there's been a new paper that's been out in the last year that you gave us one from five years ago, and it's it's – it's one of those that takes a lot of time to sort out. It takes a lot of patience on both parties. Um, we've had restraining orders, you know, um, for different situations that happen outside of school that get brought into school where one person can't come in and pick up a kid. They've got a restraining order against them. They didn't know it yet, and they end up getting served at the school. It's, I mean, that, yeah, it happens. It's not a lot, but it does happen. I could easily see where, you know, the parent shows up with uh, papers, like you said, from a year or two ago that aren't accurate. That leaves you having to go and call the judicial system and, and yeah. find out, you know, from the judge's office, you know, is this correct? And, yes. And sometimes and it's, it's even the attorney. We'll call the attorney the on the paper to find out. The, a lot of times the attorneys will know before the court knows because the court has to go back and look it up at, through the records. Well, that's so. why it's very important um, uh, for the parents to always keep the school updated with any um, new court appearances, uh, new paperwork. Um, we come across a lot of parents that, um, you know, they have order protection, restraining orders or whatnot, and they it's been a year and they went to court where they forgot, and, and it happens, they forgot to let the school aware of, of the new – um, guidelines they have d- during the court and they just forget to call the school so it does become a headache because then the parents are like oh my god i forgot to send you this um, it happens that's why it's very important for uh, the parents to keep the school updated with any new paperwork from the court or from the attorneys or um, whatever they have uh, parenting plans in general there has got to be so much confusion with them and i'm curious have you heard any talks of the court system or Tennessee doing it to where all of that is online so that dispatch, for example, could easily pull it up and see this is what the current order is. I, I haven't. No, there needs to be. Yeah, I mean, they may be working just, on it. Usually we're the last to know. Yeah, so. there you go. but because paperwork is outdated in a lot of ways. And I'm sure in a judge's office, they've got to literally look through old files to find a current parent order. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it. I mean, I understand um, the thought's great, um, but it it becomes an issue with they're gonna have to hire somebody else to 
take all them files and put it in a sure. computer system. So when you get that computer system set up I'll to do that know. all online, yes, <laughs> it, it takes somebody. And then problem of sharing that information. That's exactly because, right. You know, the courts have information, but it doesn't mean that the school has access exactly to that right. information. Yep. And so It's got to be a confusing era to be an officer of the law because they're, they're, while things are easier in a lot of ways with uh, tracking down somebody, there is still a lot of confusion out there with, with other things. It is, but I think that's just the nature of the beast. I, I remember, guys, when I was coming on, you know, the VHS cameras on tripods were big, and the officers were telling me, you know, I don't know why you'd want to do this job. Everyone's recording what you're doing with the VHS tapes. And and nowadays, you know, that's that's not the least of the worries. Right. Everything's recorded. It, it, every kid has got a phone. Every oh, kid's yes. got a camera. So, so therefore they're literally recording everything yes you can't go in the yard i mean everyone's got ring doorbells all around the neighborhood and there's cameras everywhere and i mean it's just that's the nature of the beast you're just in which you know it's great for accountability and for you know but at the same time it's just yeah everything's recorded so those old guys would have never made it <laughs> it'd be a good survey to put in high schools who knows what a vhs is yeah. and yeah. i bet none of them do yeah, yeah. probably not yeah that's right <laughs> our kids are they even allowed to be on their phones or on social media within the school how how is that looked at so it's a school policy and uh go correct me if i'm wrong but i think it's a school policy that they're not allowed to have their cell phones on them at all they can have it in their pocket or the backpack has to be turned off but it cannot be turned on they cannot have it in their hands if they're caught with it um, the school can take that phone and a parent i think the first time they get their phone taken they give it back to the child with a warning the second time a parent has to come in and pick that phone up at the school so it's an inconvenient for the parent and then of course the child can't function without their phone anymore that I mean you go to any schools and they have phones so i think that's what the school but in our is. world you know we're we're worried about the phones and the social media on the phones and how distracting it is but in reality in their world in the the kids of today's world is as long as they have that computer which everything's computer based in school now even their testing now is on the computer and you know post covid even the classes are posted on the computer and so they have to have a computer but at the same time all their social media can be done through the computer, computer. they can sure. text better on a computer than i can on my phone That's true. and have more ways to hide that in their computer you know as, as soon as we figure out one way that they're trying to get past the the school blocks you know there's certain websites i think instagram is blocked and and facebook's blocked different different avenues are blocked through the school server so that people can't access that during the day but they have other ways there's different ways that they have figured out to get around it and i'm, I'm glad i'm not for this working for the school's technology department <laughs> just for the fact that they have to try to stay ahead of that and figure out what someone's getting into this morning, we've been talking with Rutherford County School Resource Officer Sergeant Dustin Cox and also Scott Culp. We appreciate y'all joining us. We're already out of time. All right. Time right now, 9 o'clock. More news and information comes your way next.